Welcome to the Soulful Podcast. My name is Angelica. I'm the co-founder of Soulful Veda, and I'll be leading our podcast today. Soulful was started by two like-minded friends who experienced the self-healing powers of Ayurveda and decided to take their creativity and drive to share it with a larger audience. Our mission is to educate and empower our world to use Ayurveda for self-healing through luxury retreats, workshops, and community. We are so excited to be back recording our podcast again. We were so excited over the culinary series that we led over the summer and our recent day treat for the fall. So thank you all for coming. As we transition back into fall, we wanted to connect with our deeper audience back with our podcasts. Last time on Soulful's podcast, we discussed the taste sense. Specifically, we talked about where it came from with five sense therapy. Then we went in depth for every six of the tastes And finally, we talked about which tastes are best for each dosha, meaning which foods are best for your dosha. So last episode was very much on the what. What are we eating? In our Western minds, we think of protein, carbs, and fats. But in Ayurveda, we think of the six tastes, sweet, salty, sour, pungent, bitter, and astringent. So if you would like to listen more on what the what we should be eating, please just go back and listen to our podcast. If you are interested in listening to the how you eat Ayurvedically, you're in the right place. So the how. Statistically, in Ayurveda, we say that 10% of how we digest food is what we eat, meaning the foods and the taste, but 90% of how we digest our food is how we eat. I'm going to repeat that again because it's so powerful. 90% of how we digest our food is how we eat it. And we're going to go into what that exactly means today. But why digestion is so important in Ayurveda, it really is the backbone to the whole science and the fulcrum of our health. Ayurveda believes that all disease starts in the digestive system And then it may manifest to other outer systems of the body, like the respiratory system or the circulatory lymphatic system. But we usually recognize that there was an initial imbalance in the digestive system first, where we could have recognized and caught the disease before it dispersed and manifested into something else. So that is why we emphasize digestion so much and why we like to talk about food so much on here. So when I first heard about this statistic, I was pretty apprehensive to follow through with it. We live in a society that is so focused on what we eat. We're constantly thinking of the proteins, the carbs, and the fats, as I previously mentioned, and eating healthy and exactly what we're eating. It's There's such a high focus. And do not get me wrong, that does have an importance even in Ayurveda. For example, for all my pittas out there, if you have spicy food, you know you're going to experience heartburn or indigestion. For my kappas who tend to have a lot of the sweet or heavier dense foods, you know that's going to make you sleepy. And for my vatas that have too much dry and raw foods, you know that's going to cause gas and bloating. That's for sure. However, do we ever consider the environment or the intention that person was in when they were experiencing the imbalance? For example, for the pitta that had the spicy lunch, were they eating it at their desk when they were doing a stressful project or when they were feeling overworked? 
For the kappa that was eating lots of sweets, did they prepare and portion out their meal to know that they were 75% full at the end, or did they keep on eating anyways? For the vatas, were they eating while they were standing up, or were they sitting down and having a glorious meal? It's just some things to consider, and we are going to break that down into 10 healthy eating habits today. And basically how this works is the same way that our minds work. Our minds do not benefit from having tons of info coming every which way every second. We already have learned that. There is so much science behind meditation and how calming our mind, shutting it off, helps to heal subconscious patterns and allows us to be more focused and attentive when we need to. The body works the same way. We can't take in more than one thing at the same time and multitask as much as we want to to save time. It's too much stress on the body. So the same way that the mind can't think about more than one thing at the same time, the body can only focus on digestion and doing one thing at the same time too. Now, of course, I have a disclaimer because we're learning something new and I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. There's 10 of these, so you may be practicing most of them. You may not be practicing any of them and that can feel defeating. But think of it from, from the perspective that there is so much information in Ayurveda that even if you're perfecting the telling healthy eating habits, the science goes far and beyond, so you'll always be learning. And I think of that as a safety net, knowing that I'll never be stagnant and there's always more new information that I can take. And plus, by the end of this, we will come up with an action plan so that you will feel successful and start to heal your imbalances on your own. Before we break down the 10 healthy eating habits, let's review the fundamentals of Ayurveda because I will often be referring to them. The main cause of disease in Ayurveda is forgetting our true nature as spirit. This means that there seems to be a disconnect between our physical self and our higher self, whether that's God, universe, or just our higher self that we believe in. There happens to be a disconnect. There's three sublet causes of that specific cause of disease. One of them is misuse of our senses. That is why it's so important that we focus on food and our tastes and the rituals that we have around it so that we can heal that sense. The five elements in Ayurveda create the whole structure for the science. So if you have your pen and paper, take it out and write this down. The five elements are earth, water, fire, air, and ether. I'll say that one more time. It's earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And ether is basically just space, everything that connects all the other elements together. And we can find all of these elements in objects, we can find them in nature, and most importantly, we can find them in our bodies. So two elements combined equate to a dosha, which is what I often refer to as pitta, vata, and kappa. So earth and water combined equal kappa, fire and water combined equal pitta, and air and ether combined equal vata. And if you want more details on this, just listen to our first podcast that really goes in depth of the elements and their natural qualities. For now, that's a perfect basis for us to get started. 
Let's dive into the 10 healthy eating habits. The first healthy eating habit. Begin all meals by saying grace or gratitude and taking three to five full deep breaths and absorbing how your food looks. The science behind this is actually pretty cool. So when we look at our food and our whole meal in front of us on our plates, our sensory perceptions send a signal to our salivary amylase. It gets our salivary glands going and knows what's about to take into our bodies. And then that even sends a signal to our body to start to generate the types of enzymes we need to digest that particular food that we're about to eat. So it's so important to know our body knows what is in front of them, what it's about to eat so that that body can begin to prepare and start the digestive process. It already starts by just looking at our food. Pretty crazy. And the reasoning behind saying grace or gratitude is the same way that we set our intention for our meditation, our day, or our yoga practice. It sets the tone for how our meal is going to go and that we are, are really grateful for where our food came from, whether from the farmer's market and it's grown organically and all the hard work that went into it. And it helps us to feel connected to our food. So coming back to the first cause of disease, forgetting our true nature as spirit, we sometimes feel disconnected from our food. We don't know where it came from. And when we do, and we can see that connection, we become more one with ourselves. Our second healthy eating habit is to eat in a calm environment where there's little distraction. So this includes eating without the TV or even music on, if it's too loud or if it's too much ruckus, and to avoid having conversation, especially if that conversation can be of what of a stressful nature to it. So when we take in the food, we're taking in the energetics of the food and where it came from. And it's so important that we know that our food is organic for that reason. But sometimes when we take in our food, we're also taking in different energetics that we didn't think we were. So let's say that we work in a busy restaurant and we can only eat while we're standing up. And it's a little stressful back there in the kitchen trying to get the orders in and get everything really fast. And our bodies are digesting that just as we're digesting our food it's probably gonna be harder on our, our systems to digest that food because of that. The same thing can be if we're having a really emotional conversation with a friend while we're eating. We're digesting in those emotions. We're human beings so innately. A lot of us are empaths. So you take in that harshness, that heaviness, that that could also take a toll on your digestive system. So my recommendation for this one is to sit in a calm environment Set yourself up for a time when you know you're not going to be distracted from work calls or a conversation with a friend on the phone, and it could just be your time for yourself. That is so important. So for my pinnas, this is going to be really hard for us to do, to put our work done, but I promise the benefits are just, they're immeasurable once you really implement it into your lifestyle. And for vatas, it's going to be hard not to stand up while we're eating because we like to kind of prance around while we're eating and snack. But sit down, ground yourself so that your body can really absorb everything. And for my kappas that love to talk and love their friends, 
we can actually take an arrow when we talk and we talk with our mouth full, that's for sure, and then we can have indigestion. But remember that you can easily take on their energies and that you want to just focus on digesting your food. Our third healthy eating habit is to chew your food until it is an even consistency. This one seems obvious, and a lot of times I think of Ayurveda as all the things that we were taught when we were a kid, and sometimes we forget. And this goes, this one applies for that for sure. But think about it, we really need to chew our food so that our body can absorb all the nutrients for it. There are a lot of enzymes that are in our mouth and in our salivary glands that break down the food and the carbohydrates that are that are really important for us. And if we miss that action happening, then chances are we'll have a harder time digesting those carbohydrates, for example. So a good rule of thumb, there's never a perfect amount of times you should chew your food, and you certainly don't want to over-chew it so that it's not enjoyable, but chew it until it's an even consistency and your body can absorb all the nutrients in that time. So if you know that you are a fast eater, and I can totally relate to that, I come from a family of eating really fast, this one may be a great one for you. So put your fork, your spoon down in between every bite. Really focus on finding the even consistency of every chew. Take a deep breath even between every bite. And I promise you will see an improved digestion immediately. It is, it's truly remarkable, especially if you are in tune to looking at your tongue and how you can look for different things in your tongue to be healed. Our fourth healthy eating habit is eating at a moderate pace and until you are 75% full. One of the hardest, I believe, at least for myself. And it's really important that we tap back into ourselves when we eat so that we know what is our true full, what is our true feeling satisfied. And it's hard and it definitely takes some experimenting. So 75% full, you want to think of your stomach, envision that, and we're filling up the food just 75% and maybe just a little bit of liquid, and then the other 25% it needs space. So once the food starts to fill up the stomach, if we're envisioning that little sack, and as soon as that food kind of drops out into the stomach, we experience a belch. We experience that air gap that gets released out of our mouth. And that's when the food hits the wall of the stomach. And that's when we know that we're 75% full. So if you can be hyper aware of when you're experiencing this belch, it's a really good tracker to see when you're 75% full. And eating at a moderate pace is going to help you get there. So all of these really go hand in hand with each other. So maybe you start with chewing your food. Maybe you'd rather start with 75% full, but eating at a moderate pace so that your body can recognize, oh, I'm feeling like I'm getting satisfied here. I'm not to the point where I'm at full capacity and I can't breathe anymore, but I'm just well digested at this point. Another indicator is that you shouldn't feel heavy, but you should still feel light. It's not like we want to do our favorite workout right after we eat. But we do want to feel like we can take a light walk after. There's really a lot we could unpack with this one. 
I believe overeating is one of the major causes of disease in our society. So it's really hard sometimes to feel when we're satisfied. And there's definitely times when we're around family and with holidays and it's okay if this happens. But when we are connected and when we are eating our meals and saying grace and eating in a calm environment, then we're really in tune to ourselves and it's much easier to know when we're feeling satisfied. And if we're feeling not satisfied after our meals, it may also be that we're not getting the six tastes. So everything always goes hand in hand too. Our fifth healthy eating habit I said, let your food digest for about 15 to 20 minutes before moving on to an activity. So picture this, you just finished your meal, you feel satisfied and relaxed, and then you rush to your workout class, or you get right back into the stressful work. Well, the body is just starting to really digest your food, so any type of strenuous activity, even for the mind, can impact digestion. So good ideas to do after a meal is to read a light book, have a light engaging in conversation, or go for a slow walk. And I do realize it's not easy for us to have this 15 to 20 minute gap every day in our lives. So maybe that is just taking three to five slow breaths to absorb your food, to acknowledge that you're satisfied, to put a completion basically to the end of your meal and then go into your next activity. For my yogis out there, this is basically like our shavasana or closing out our practice. Always wanna seal it in for our gratitude, for it truly is a sacred practice where we get to connect food in ourselves. So just take the time, take a couple of deep breaths to absorb everything and give your body the time to digest everything. Our sixth healthy eating habit is to drink only a little bit of liquid with meals. So one and a half cup of room temperature water is a good average. If you have rather drier meals, you may need to take a little bit more, but if you have something like soups that has more of the water quality, you may not need any water at all. And the reason if we have too much water is that it can oversaturate the food and wash out the nutrients that we can really pull from them. And if we don't have enough, and if we have something that's really raw, then it's the other side of it. It may not be moist or unctuous enough for our body to digest it, and it may take longer for our bodies to digest it. Our seventh healthy eating habit is to take all water and drinks at room temperature or warm. And this one can be really hard for some of us. But the reason behind it is that cold drinks can destroy our digestive fire and decrease our appetite and ability to digest. So if we come back to what our digestive fire looks like, called Agni in Ayurveda, it sits right at our solar plexus where our right rib cage and left rib cage meets. And picture it like a burning flame. And when we throw cold water on it, the flame starts to turn out more turn off more, I should say. And we want it to be kindled. We always want it to be going because that is where our sense of energy comes from, right? That's the fulcrum of our digestive system, which we know is the backbone of our health. So to keep the fire going, it's best to have drinks at room temperature or warm. So this can be really hard, especially if we go out to eat at restaurants a lot and 
oh my goodness, there's ice in all of our drinks that we we get. And for some of us, this will be really hard for us to switch our brains into thinking we quench that thirst and it tastes so much better when it's cold. But just try it for a week or so. And then when you go back to having the cold water, it almost numbs your stomach. And it'll leave your stomach actually upset and you'll realize that this is what it's like what your body is experiencing when it has the cold drinks, but we are just so accustomed to having them the whole time, all the time, that we don't realize that it is causing us actually to have a weaker digestive system because of it. And the same goes even if you have a really intense workout and you want to quench a hot or a cold drink right after, it is still better to have it at at least room temperature. And this is just one of those things that you'll soon put into practice and you'll be able to let it go and it seems so far and out there but it really will help to keep your digestive system kindled some good tips for this one is i always just ask the restaurant for hot water sometimes i get maybe a weird look but usually they're always accommodating and it's it's fairly easy and what's really great is that you can inspire the people that you have your dinners with too because they'll want to know why you're having room temperature water and why your digestive system is feeling so much better. Our eighth healthy eating habits comes back to the circadian rhythm. So we know that Ayurveda is a sweet science rooted in nature and our connection with nature and spirit. And that means that we work with the circadian rhythm we rise with the sun, we're active during the day when the sun is the highest, and then we slow down as the sun recedes. And so our eating habits should be mirrored around that as well. When we wake up in the morning, we should feel that hunger, we should feel that we're ready to take in food, because that means that our energy is working and our digestive system is working. So it's best to eat breakfast. And for our second meal of the day, and it's best to have it at high noon. When the sun is the highest in the sky, that means we have the most solar energy to digest our meal, which means lunch should be the biggest meal of our day. And come dinner time, our dinner time, our dinner meal should be a smaller portion than the lunch meal because the sun is not at as high its peak anymore and we're starting to wind down, wind down and we want to be sure that we're not overstuffed for dinner and our bodies are still working to digest while we're sleeping so ideally you have small to medium meal for breakfast largest meal for lunch so that your body is time to digest it and then the smaller meal than lunch for dinner so that you have optimal time to digest before you go to sleep now there's so many other different tips to working with the circadian rhythm and i briefly want to talk about fasting just a little bit here so intermittent fasting is definitely trendy and people are seeing results from it. And how this works in Ayurveda is that Ayurveda has a natural fast every day. So if we eat with the circadian rhythm, if we wake up between 6 to 8 a.m. and that's when we have our meal, if we have lunch at least three to four hours after that at high noon, so 12 to 2, and then we have our dinner somewhere between 5 to 6 or 6.30, then that gives us a natural fast of about 14 hours from 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. until we have our next, our next meal. That gives us plenty of time to digest our last meal 
and to rekindle our digestive fire. So it's always best to align if you are doing intermittent fasting with the circadian rhythm. Our ninth healthy eating habit is to allow at least three hours between meals for your food to digest. I really believe that this one is super important for optimal health and digestion because sometimes we can be unconscious to our snacking culture. And I love snacking and there's definitely a time and place for it. But we have to be sure that our body has fully digested the previous meal before moving on to the next. So at least waiting three hours in between meals so that we know that our body has fully absorbed all the nutrients and it's not overworking itself. Because when it does, then we're going to experience imbalances. So for pittas or incapas usually means three to three meals a day and you can you can have tiny snacks in between there too as long as you can be consistent with the three hours in between and for vatas this can sometimes mean eating four to five times per day vatas have a lighter nature so they can take smaller amounts of food and multiple times a day is better for their light digestive system but i do recommend at least waiting three hours before you have a snack to fully digest your food. And you are gonna feel so much more energy if you are feeling energy dips by just implementing this tip. And if you're feeling super hungry after an hour after you eat or two hours, it's a good indication of thinking, okay, maybe I'm not getting all six tastes or the tastes that are best for my doshic nature. And that's why I'm feeling unsatisfied so quickly. Or maybe it's one of the healthy eating habits that you really want to implement. Maybe not chewing the food all the way and it's taking longer for your body to absorb all those nutrients and feel full and satisfied. And our last healthy eating habit is to eat food prepared with love. We take in the energetics of our food when we cook, when we're playing with our hands. And if we're cooking our meals and we're stressed out or we're rushed, we're putting in those energetics into our food. And it is real. We believe in energy. We know that we have an energetics body. And even though it's subtle, it's still there and we can feel it. So why wouldn't we take in those same emotions when we are cooking? So avoid eating food prepared with resentment or not fulfilled and not feeling satisfied or angry or frustrated Eat food, prepare for love, express your gratitude for having all that food that you can cook and take your time with it and feel the food with your hands and treat it with care just as you would want your food to be digested in your body. And an interesting fact of this is recognizing when we go to a restaurant, sometimes we don't recognize why do we feel so bad after that meal? And Maybe that chef back there was not having a good day. Maybe he was really stressed and that kitchen was really stressful. And you might have taken in those energetics with your food and that, that could have correlated to any imbalances you are experiencing. And what I love about Ayurveda, it's so nurturing, it's so loving that we may feel resistance to these healthy eating habits, but when we really experience them, it's so joyful. We create more space in our life and again, we create more, more joy because of it because we begin to really sit down and feel satisfied with, with our meals and the experiences we can have with them. Okay, with all that new info, maybe totally new, maybe somewhat familiar, we need an action plan. 
So I want you to pick one healthy eating habit that you do not already have in your practice. And I mean fully and conscious of. So if you're feeling like you can kind of work on one, you don't fully have it, do it. Because it can easily get out of balance when we have other things that come into our lives. So pick just one that you want to focus on that you think is going to be the most beneficial for you. And for my vatas, I recommend that you do it every day for just one meal each day. So maybe it's your breakfast and you focus on sitting down while you're eating. And for my pittas, you can pick at least three to four days out of the week where you do that for your meal. And for my kappas, pick at least two to three days. So if you want to take it on for all days like the vatas, you can. Just be sure that you're not burning out pittas and kappas. Be sure that you can get started with it and not feel overwhelmed at the same time. I personally have seen such great success with my one-on-one clients in implementing the healthy eating habits. And I love seeing the whole experience of it, the initial budge and the eyeball raise, and then recognizing what else comes into play when you implement these practices. So it it very much becomes a spiritual practice very easily. And we realize that when we become more satisfied with our meals, that we may be more satisfied in different areas in our life. Or we realize that when we're really chewing our food and absorbing it, that we're really in the present moment. We may recognize that we're more present in our lives for our families and our friends as well. So take one and start with the digestive system and recognize that there's so much spiritual growth behind it as well. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. What's coming up in our next podcast, we'll talk about how to eat with the seasons and specifically we'll dive deep into the fall seasons and that's where we're at right now. And then we'll go into the circadian rhythm and how it's not just how you eat with the circadian rhythm, but how we can really get our bodies and our minds and our souls into that cadence. And upcoming tools and events for Soulful Veda, we have a food guide Uh, that is coming out super soon and we're so excited so please watch out for our social on that we have our fall weekend retreat in november it's our first full luxury weekend retreat in twin lakes wisconsin it's about two hours away from chicago and we are so excited that we get to really experience dinacharya which is the morning routines in ayurveda of how to set up your morning and these cleansing tools that keep you from having imbalances and we'll begin to experience them and we'll have our own dinacharya kits and so many other great things we're excited for. We have traditional Ayurvedic treatments that you will be able to book at the weekend retreats with an Ayurvedic healer. She is so wonderful. We are so excited for you to experience. Every meal will be vegan, gluten-free, plant-based, Ayurveda-centric focused. We all time to be out in nature, to connect to ourselves, to journal, fire ceremonies, yoga nidra, the list goes on. Check it out on our website, soulfulveda.com slash events to find out more. And we also have more podcasts coming up to the forefront. So if you have any topics that you want to explore in Ayurveda, please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our social 
media page. So you can reach out to us on Instagram at soulfulfulls with two L's, Veda, and just send us a message and we'll be happy to connect with you. And please let us know if you start to implement any of these healthy eating habits and how you experience changes in your life because we'd love to hear about it. All right, everyone. So great to speak with you today. Have an awesome rest of your day.